This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, August 16th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Fresh China retaliation threatens ag. Companies under fire in immigration probe and CFTC's resolve on market manipulation. China will hit back against new U.S. tariffs. It's looking like Chinese tariff rates on some U.S. ag commodities may increase soon if the U.S. follows through with its latest threat to tax more Chinese imports. China's government, speaking through the state-owned Xinhua News, said yesterday it has to take necessary countermeasures in response to the U.S. announcement of imposing additional 10% tariffs on $300 billion of U.S. Chinese imports. No details were given on which U.S. products would be hit, but China previously threatened to raise the tariff rate on $60 billion worth of U.S. products, including citrus fruit, berries, vegetables, and nuts. But that was when the U.S. was threatening a 25% tax on the remaining $300 million worth of Chinese products without a tariff. Now keep in mind, John Bay is a consultant for the U.S. Soy Export Council, tells AgriPulse it doesn't appear China has made any 2018-19 soybean purchases since August 3rd. That's the day China said its exemptions for tariffs for some importers would end. Chinese prepared to eat more chicken. Chinese farmers are preparing to raise a lot more chickens as African swine fever devastates the China pork sector. That according to the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Chinese chicken production is now expected to increase by 14 percent, about 16 million metric tons for 2020. Don't expect the Chinese to be eating U.S. drumsticks at least until the trade war with the U.S. ends. China has banned U.S. chicken for the past three years, alleging due to concerns over bird flu. Before the ban, the U.S. sold millions of dollars worth of chicken to China every year, often parts of the bird that are less popular with American consumers. Investigators. Companies knew workers were illegal. Those recent immigration raids in Mississippi last week are putting new scrutiny on the chicken processors who employed the 700 workers who were arrested. The Department of Homeland Security says in court documents the companies were fully aware the workers were undocumented. In some cases, the workers had already been detained for being in the country illegally and were wearing ankle bracelets to track their whereabouts. Affidavits detailed numerous encounters or arrests over the years of illegal immigrants who worked at seven facilities. One company, Peco Foods, had a history of encounters with undocumented workers up to as recently as June. That according to one affidavit filed by DHS special agent. The affidavits also said companies had failed in many cases to verify the eligibility of workers through E-Verify. An affidavit supporting the search of a PH food location listed 25 undocumented workers who had not been queried in the system. Keep in mind, the National Chicken Council, which represents processors, is pushing back at DHS. The group said in a letter to President Trump that the industry, quote, uses every tool available to verify whether job applicants can legally work in the U.S., but the government hasn't given employers a reliable way to prevent identity fraud and document falsification, according to the groups. 
NCC says E-Verify can't flag whether a social security number is a duplicate or belongs to someone who died. Prevent plant indemnities top a billion dollars. Farmers have been paid well over a billion dollars in prevented planting indemnity so far, and that number, quote, is going up rather exponentially as claims are filed. That Risk Management Agency Administrator Martin Barbary speaking with AgriPulse. The Farm Service Agency reported this week that prevent plant acres have reached $19.4 million, nearly twice the number reported in 2011 when the claims totaled $2.2 billion. The last time claims topped a billion dollars is was in 2015. RMA is providing some additional relief to farmers who were hit by flooding this spring. The agency has decided to delay charging interest on premiums that were due on Thursday. RMA earlier agreed to allow earlier haying and grazing of cover crops planted on prevented plant acres. USDA advisors want dicamba food standard. A USDA advisory committee is urging USDA to work with EPA to establish a, quote, reasonable tolerance level for a dicamba residue on crops not registered for its use. The tolerance would protect producers whose crops have been affected by off-target drift of the herbicide. The Fruit and Vegetable Industry Advisory Committee also agreed yesterday that dicamba products should not be re-registered until research shows specialty crop producers won't be adversely affected. For the third year in a row, complaints about the herbicide, which is registered for use in soybeans and cotton in 34 states, have continued to come into state pesticide offices. Kraft settles market manipulation charges. In a case that tested the new Dodd-Frank regulations for futures trading, Kraft, Heinz, and Mondelez International have agreed to pay $16 million to settle charges that they misuse their end-user exemptions to speculate in the wheat market. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission claimed the companies bought $90 million worth of 2011 wheat futures with no intention of taking possession of the grain. The companies were allegedly taking advantage of their position limit exemptions to do what other traders cannot. The consent order settling the case demonstrates the CFTC's resolve to aggressively prosecute and punish those who manipulate or attempt to manipulate our nation's commodity markets, the Commission's two Democratic members said in a joint statement. EPA pressed to watch pollinator plans. EPA is stepping up its oversight of state pollinator protection plans. The agency has agreed to use results of a survey going out to states this fall to evaluate the effectiveness of state-specific managed pollinator protection plans, that according to a report by EPA's Inspector General. Some 45 states have adopted voluntary measures designed to reduce risk of pesticides to commercial bee colonies and other pollinators, but their usefulness has not been examined closely yet. The IG report also recommends EPA use the survey data to advance national program manager guidance goals. Bee colonies declined from 5.7 million colonies in the 1940s down to 2.7 million colonies in 2015. Here's today's He Said It. This needs to be done quickly if it's going to be done. 
The government doesn't benefit from letting things drag out because people find lots of reasons not to do something that should be done. That's Senator Roy Blunt of Missouri on the relocation of the Economic Research Service and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture to the Kansas City region. USDA is hurrying to complete the move by the end of the fiscal year, September 30th. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, August 16th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.